everyone. This is Regina. Hi, horse lovers. This is Lynn. This week on the Horse Industry Podcast. We are sponsored by Purple Power Equine. Looking to add performance, power, and balanced nutrition? Purple Power Equine has many products that will become essential in preparing your equine athlete for performance. Whether you need to help gut and hoof health or add weight, body, and dimension, Purple Power Equine can help bring success to your equine athlete. Gastro Power, Power Up. Hoof Power, Power Punch, Emergency Power. Visit purplepowerequine.com or on Facebook at Purple Power Equine. Sharon, welcome to the Horse Industry Podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Tell us about your program, what what it is, how you started, why you started, anything and everything. Okay. Well, I'm a therapeutic riding instructor. I have been an able-bodied instructor and a horse trainer for over 50 years. And about 15 years ago, I was introduced to the therapeutic industry because I was caretaking a girl with CP and took her to Chef Center in Battle Creek. What's CP? I'm sorry. <laughs> Cerebral palsy. Got it. Okay. And was able to take her to a therapeutic center. It's actually the oldest center in the United States, Chef Center okay. in Augusta, Michigan, mm-hmm. and fell in love with what they were doing. So I got involved as a volunteer for a little while, and then I started my training there. Took about two years and became a therapeutic riding instructor in 2010. Okay. And so talk a little bit about therapeutic riding. How how do you do it? How intensive is it? I mean, for those of us that have not had the opportunity to be involved with a program like Mm -hmm. that or have had training in it. Tell us about that. Wow. Well, it's a a myriad of things. Mm -hmm. The therapeutic riding portion of it, we pair a rider with whatever disability, uh, sometimes physical, sometimes emotional, with a horse Mm -hmm. that we feel is the best. And usually they come for an hour session at a time. And we work with, we teach riding. We're therapeutic riding instructors. We are not therapists. The horse is. But we do have a lot of activities and the things that they learn on the horse, um, like turn right, turn left. So you're dealing with cognitive Mm -hmm. there. Lean back, lean forward, touch your toes. So you're working on their balance. And we work with whatever disability there is. I'm qualified for all of it, but my passion is with the equine assisted learning portion of therapeutic industry. And that's where you deal more with kids at risk, kids with emotional problems, anxiety, depression, eating disorders, on and on. And the horse can help with that because they they mirror our emotions. Okay. We've called them telepathic for years. And in a way they are, they feel what we're feeling. The horse does. The horse does. Yes. And they react in certain ways. If you're fearful, it puts them on a high alert. And as an instructor, we can see that and help the student realize that, you know, what they're feeling, how it affects the horse, how it's affecting them. And sometimes you can bring out emotions that they didn't know they were feeling. Wow. It's pretty awesome. 
with the physical aspect, the really cool thing, the movement of the horse stimulates the speech portion of the brain. It's a scientific study. Wow. A lot of the autistic children that, in particular, because they have more problems with speech a lot of the time, first words I ever heard them say were on a horse. Wow. And the first words are parents. Said. I mean, I've seen oh, parents cry. That's goosebump. It's pretty awesome. It's awesome. How is it that the horse, you know, we all think you and I have been in the horse industry our entire lives. Mm-hmm. You were my coach as a kid. <laughs> and that's why all my success is, is routed in you, right? Oh, wow. Yes. Thank you. Well, it is. You taught me how to ride. But, you know, you and I know that horses are special. What is it about the horse? What is it about the horse versus a cow or an elephant or why? And, and to go a step further, have you ever come across a horse that was not able to be that tool for the child? Are there certain horses that are better at it than others? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Horses versus other animals. I think because of the mirroring aspect, they have that more than, I mean, I don't know that it's seen in dogs or cows. Mm -hmm. Maybe nobody's tried. Right. (laughs) You know, people have ridden horses and dealt with horses for years, and they're finding more and more out about them. The one one aspect is they do have a photographic memory. Really? So they see things almost like, I'm going to go back to autism, an Mm -hmm. autistic person. Temple Grandin, I believe, is her name. Anyway, she's autistic, and we call that on the spectrum now, not autism. Right. But she wrote a book, actually, about it, and I can find the name. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll link it in the show notes. Link it in the show. It's very interesting how she talks about, because horses were a huge part of her her life. She shows all the different things that are similar. Mm -hmm. And as far as, like, with the physical aspect, I say their movement and you have to use your balance. You have to use your core. There's, It doesn't matter whether you want to or not. You have to. That's a good because point. Because they physically push you to that. Mm-hmm. We're not many people. I rode a cow once. It was real unpleasant. Really? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. A, I didn't <laughs> think you could do that except like in a rodeo, but. It was a dairy cow. It was really uncomfortable. Oh. But I was, you know, 17. Right. <laughs> So I thought I'd give it a try. Right. Yeah. You didn't go back for a round, round two? No. No. <laughs> no. Although I think I've been on some horses that felt like a dairy cow, but... Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um. Anyway, you were asking about horses that don't make it in mm-hmm. a program. And when I worked at a large center called Loveway mm-hmm. in Indiana for three years, I was program manager there. And during that time, we had several horses donated. And they always come in for at least a 30-day trial period, sometimes 60 and less than half of them qualify. Okay. It's, it's people think that you can donate a horse that's a little bit lame mm. or a little yeah, ring sour, a little or, ring sour, yeah. or a little whatever. And mm-hmm. ring sour isn't a huge deal with us because, yes, they're in an arena, but they don't do anything like a pattern for the most part. Mm-hmm. They don't do a, a show horse type of thing, it's a different atmosphere. We do do a lot of patterns mm-hmm. because that stimulates memory. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so, this literally goes to show how little I know about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm here, right. But it is incredibly stressful emotionally and physically on a horse Oh, because they do mirror those emotions. They feel what we're feeling or what the child is feeling. You add a volunteer leading them and a sidewalker beside them and a student that's going a little bit 
struggling. Struggling. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I lost my words. Yeah, no, it's fine. On the on horse. Mm-hmm. And most of the riders, especially in centers that deal mostly with the therapeutic riding and a lot of disabled, through no fault of their own, they're unbalanced. Uh-huh. And so you've got, you know, 50 pounds on one side of their back or mm-hmm. and 100 on this one just hanging there because they cannot sport themselves. Mm-hmm. They do work at using their core, but there's some disability, they really can't do a lot. So you've got a lot of back problems Mm -hmm. with horses. So you have to have a chiropractor always Mm -hmm. ready and a massage therapist. As far as what I specialized in there, I I did most of the equine assisted learning. And that is the program that I totally fell in love with. And it's like I say, for kids at risk of failing in the traditional classroom, or kids with anxiety, depression, on and on. And that is you have a a classroom aspect, so you've got an academic portion of it where we introduce the word of the day. And generally the words are life skills, character traits, respect, responsibility, determination, kindness, compassion, empathy, on and on. Teamwork. Teamwork's Mm -hmm. a huge one. And they introduce the word. We ask the students what they think, you know, it means, talk about it for a little while. Now, the program was designed to have quite a large period of time in the classroom. What I found with my students is we cut that short. Mm -hmm. We did about 15 minutes in there because these kids were getting bused from a school to a classroom. That wasn't their idea of a good time mm-hmm. when they're coming to a horse farm. Right. They're, they, they just want to get out of the classroom. Be, and and the teachers wanted them to have more horse time. So yeah. I kind of revamped the program, and it's more what I'm doing now at my house. Mm-hmm. But it's uh, 10 or 15 minutes discussing. And then we go out and apply what we were working on in the arena. And there always is a grooming portion, or almost always. And the ground program is my favorite because the ground is where, as you know, as a horse person, it's where you bond with the horse. And all these kids need to learn how to bond with something. Some of them have never bonded to a parent, to a person. Mm-hmm. But they can start to bond with a horse. And once they learn to trust a horse and mm-hmm. the horse starts trusting them, they kind of get the connection. And it can go on to bonding with people. So do you have, does the student use the same horse or pony or mini every time? We try to partner them with the same horse because that's what you're after is to form a bond. I mean, there are times uh, when we've had to switch it out or I have, Mm -hmm. uh, the horse isn't feeling well, horse Mm -hmm. is sick, but they still want to come for their session. We'll switch it out, but they always know, they always get to go spend a little time with that horse and, you know, give them some treats or talk to them for a few minutes before they leave mm-hmm. or before they start, whatever they mm-hmm. want. But they make that connection. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I love the program because it, you can mold it to any situation. I'm not stuck with we have to do ABC. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't tend to work in the therapeutic industry anyway because you get A planned and like yesterday at our program, <laughs> had to go to D. <laughs> and it works. Yeah. But you have to be very flexible. And, and work along with what the kid's feeling, what the parent wants out of the program, a lot of different things. That has to be emotionally demanding on you as well. I mean, I it think it can be very stressful. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, you talked about the horse part of it and that some horses are not necessarily the right fit for a program mm-hmm. like this. Do horses also get burned out? Oh, definitely. Like I say, my operation is so small. Mm-hmm. I have five horses total. That 
probably will never be an issue mm-hmm. with me. But at the larger centers, that is one of the biggest problems, horse burnout and instructor burnout. So and, do yeah. horses then, are they just turned out for a little while and then they're refreshed and come back? Mm-hmm. Or do they just go do a whole different job someplace else? We try to get them better at home. And, and a lot of our workshops and things that you know we're required to go to, plus I love going to them mm-hmm. for further education, they're really stressing that now. Play games with them. Mm-hmm. Change what you're doing in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Give them a week off, mm-hmm. out to play, whatever. A lot of centers, you know, if they're lucky, they don't. They have land, and the horses are turned out all night in the morning. And if they have enough horses, they can flip flop and change things around, especially in the physical. Mm-hmm. You know, the emotional burnout that can happen with a horse again because. If the rider is extremely anxious or extremely depressed, and they're keeping this all inside, mm-hmm. the horses are feeling that, and mm-hmm. that can really upset some of them. I have one of my horses who hates therapeutic riding. Mm. He he doesn't understand why anybody would be on his back and then somebody's leading him and somebody walking beside him, mm. and he ends up wanting to eat the person who's leading him. <laughs> he makes it very clear. Yeah. He also is a horse that. If if you go at him with a very calm attitude, wherever he is in the pasture, mm-hmm. whatever, and trust him mm-hmm. and lean towards him, he will never. He'll nuzzle. He'll do all mm-hmm. that. He'll never bite. If you're nervous, he will bite you. Interesting. It makes him very uncomfortable and yeah. nervous, and he wants you out of place. Yeah. So he's, he is very, I don't like the word, we, we try not to use the word use mm-hmm. with our horses, it's partner with or mm-hmm. whatever. And again, I don't know that it's always their choice. So in a way, mm-hmm. you have to admit a little bit that we go into the stall to get them. Now, I have had horses that I could tell just, again, it was at a larger center. They were not wanting it that yeah. day. I switched horses. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to do that. Humans but, have that. Humans are like, you know what? I'm just not doing this today. I'm yeah. Not feeling it. Do not want to adult today. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So you, the behavior and the stress is something in the industry that they, it's finally being recognized big time. Mm-hmm. And everybody's working really hard to find different solutions for it. Like Again, that's not something I really deal with at my place. And Dante, the horse I was talking about, it makes him great for an equine-assisted learning horse because he is so sensitive Mm -hmm. to their emotions. I have an older horse, he's 34, named Boogie. He's in great shape and he's sound. (laughs) I can attest to that. He does not... You don't know as much. You don't read Mm -hmm. as much from him because he's been around, done that Mm -hmm. with all kinds of riders. And he's like, so he's great to put with a kid that's super nervous mm-hmm. and that because he, he's I will not say he's bomb proof because I don't think any horse is, but Agree. he's very close. To yeah. Being bomb- so he's not going to react quickly to anything. Yeah. And that, that makes him a great horse. And again, he's so happy and healthy now. He's going to continue to be in the program until he shows me he's not happy any longer. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So that brings us to what you're doing with the reading program. Yeah. So we've got some background. Talk to us about what your new venture is. Okay. So the reading program is is definitely within the EAL, Mm -hmm. Equine Assisted Learning Mm -hmm. program, because that covers everything. My passion is reading. And through the last probably 10 years, I've met too many students from the age of six to 15 who could not read a word. And then you ask them to read because that's part of the curriculum. 
and they tend to melt down. So I've learned to be very careful about picking them to read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be sensitive to them because if they're 14 mm-hmm. and everybody else is reading, but they don't, it's very tough on the kid. We kind of work around that in other ways, but it just breaks my heart that there are kids that cannot read because mm-hmm. it's wonderful. Not, and if you, you cannot succeed if you can't read. It's impossible. It seems like a fundamental skill that everyone has. And, and yet, they have to have. And, yeah. And yet you're right. Um, there are some children and adults who, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. could not gain that skill. And they have a lot of other skills, and they can kind of fake through a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to actually having to do a test or read something, it's awful for them. The reading program is something called the the curriculum that I purchased, and it's from Strides to Success in Indiana. Mm -hmm. It's a big therapeutic center, and they're pretty much the leaders in equine-assisted learning. And uh, it's called Reading with Rosie. Now, I have adapted it to reading with Echo or reading with Muffin or whoever, mm-hmm. but they're the ones that put out the curriculum. And it calls for you, you visit, it's very easy to use, which is what I love, and it's very adaptable to different situations. So you take one of your minis into the school for a visit and read them a book and introduce them to the mini, ask them if they would like a book of their own to read, and then we take our leave and the teacher hands out their books and they spend the next six weeks reading the book. I give the teacher a packet of different activities for six weeks. So there's one activity every week or two or three. And again, the teachers have to be very on board for this. But then they use the activities and they can pick and choose. There's two or three every week and they can use what works for them. If they're having a bad week, there's a real easy one. Then at the end of the six weeks, there's uh traditionally and the curriculum calls for a visit out to the farm for a finale type thing. Mm -hmm. And I decided being a small operation and we did it with Menden schools and they're a very small school and there's not a lot of money there (laughs) and, and no time to reschedule an Mm -hmm. event. And our Michigan weather, as you know, Mm -hmm. is unpredictable as yesterday showed, we Mm -hmm. had rain all day. So I decided to just bring a couple minis into the school for our finale and design some activities for the kids to do. The traditional curriculum calls for it. They basically are coming and they're watching. You put on a show. This I like Mm -hmm. because the kids, it's a little more stressful because the kids are close to the horses. It's hands-on. It's very hands-on. And that's what, you know, like I say, the EAL, that's what it's known for is a hands-on learning for children. And I think that's why they do learn better. Mm -hmm. Because plus, they're inspired by the pony. Mm -hmm. So that program is more of a motivational, I'm not teaching them how to read. I'm not a teacher. But they get motivated because they want to know and the teacher did tell me they we talked quite a bit yesterday that it was definitely motivational for them. They kept wanting to go back to the horse book. And oh, and then the other thing I do is send a letter every week from Echo. Oh, or Muffin or Poncho, one Aww. of the three. But it was from Echo because he's the one they met. Yeah, and we would put Echo and friends, and he he would ask them how they're doing. Are they reading the book? Did they enjoy it? What activities do they like the best? Mm-hmm. Just things like that. To a that, pen pal. Yes, touch base with them every week, and that's something was evidently a really big hit. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of the kids yesterday. 
I'm Miss Sharon to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And they were say, telling Miss Sharon what Echo had written to them. Oh, awesome. And it was very exciting to oh, that learn. It what, made an impact. It, it definitely did. And then the fir- actually the first week after I sent letters, or Echo sent letters, <laughs> uh, they gave me a packet with 27 letters that they were writing back. Oh my gosh. To Echo. They wrote it to Echo and Miss Sharon. But Echo was first, of course. That's goosebump material because that is such a lost art. Like pen to paper writing a letter. It's not an email. It's not a text message. It's not an MOG or whatever those things yeah, are called. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, and it was, it, it brought goosebumps. It made me cry. And mm-hmm. it also made me laugh hysterically because some of them were just very funny. They drew me pictures of the horses, and it just, you know, it was great. So It inspires that connection like you talked about when we first started this episode. And Mm -hmm. I think, too, that, you know, when you talk about when children go to read and they sit down with a peer or perhaps perhaps an older youth Mm -hmm. or an adult, and if they're already a little self-conscious about their reading ability – and they have to read to another human, it can feel almost compounded, the stress, I would think. Oh, yeah, exactly. But then if you turn to this this kind, fuzzy... Non-judgmental. Non-judgmental <laughs> equine partner mm-hmm. and read to that being, that creature, I would think that's a very comforting way for a child to practice reading and, and communicate in that way. Very much so. And that's hopefully this program will expand and we can do that at the barn. I mean, I'm there. There is a lot of programs for reading. There's called read and ride. Um, I have read and lead mm-hmm. also because I love the ground programming. Mm-hmm. I do have horses that are rideable and, and we do that once in a while, but basically the ground program with the minis is, is just great for these kids learning to read and they can, you know, one day they could come and they can read to the mini, and that's basically it. Mm-hmm. Volunteer will be in the background for safety mm-hmm. reasons, but the kid can read to the mini every week, whether they want to read one of their books or if we have pages there for them to read, they can do that. And then they can go out into the arena and ride, ride or lead to certain words, certain letters. We have a game where you spell a word by going to different stations with the mini. Or with the horse, whichever they're they're doing. So I'm I'm really excited about that because, like I say, reading's a huge passion for me, mm-hmm. and I think it could really be great for the students. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the issues is funding. I, as you know, uh, am grassroots, and <laughs> I have no funding. I am not a nonprofit, although I'm a nonprofit by how much I make. Right. I haven't made a profit yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> but. I'm an LLC, mm-hmm. so it's hard to ask for donations of any kind, but I'm thinking with the reading program, there would be people, because literacy is such a huge thing now, everywhere. Huge. There possibly would be businesses, people willing to sponsor these kids mm-hmm. to come to a class for 8 to 12 weeks, once a week, mm-hmm. for whatever the cost is. Mm-hmm. And that would be Something I need to look into. And yeah. if anybody out there has great ideas. 
I tell you, you know, Lynn and I have started our podcast and, and we're, we're being entrepreneurs. You are being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of work and a lot of personal funds to launch something like that. And going to your event yesterday and I walked into the gym was, I was so impressed at the quality of organization and instruction and the stations that you had planned. I mean, it was, you put a lot of work into it. And <laughs> to go a step further, Echo and Muffin, Muffin was the other one, right? Mm-hmm. I tell you what, having been in the horse industry my entire life, totally impressed with how kind and patient and sweet those two minis were. I mean, they were total gems. The kids lit up, absolutely lit up. I mean, questions and interest in, and they kept their focus on what they were doing. Yeah. And as an aside to that, there were 27 first graders, programs for first graders Mm -hmm. primarily. I mean, you can go up or down, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's centered towards the the first graders learning to read. Mm -hmm. And the principal had told me after the first visit, she came out and I was loading the horses. And she said, I have never, ever in my life seen that group so well behaved. (laughs) Because they are all 27 just bundles of energy, not Mm -hmm. bad kids, no great kids. Right. Oh, my. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was zinging in there. And like, well, Muffin took a little walking break, because she stood like a rock for two groups. Yes. We divided them into three groups of nine. And they would come. She was the grooming mini. Mm-hmm. They would come up and do a few strokes with one brush and a few strokes with another and then go back and sit down. But at the end of the second, she was a little wiggly, not bad, didn't mm-hmm. do anything, but she just needed a little break. Mm-hmm. So we took her for a little walk back and forth around the gym, and she came back and stood like a rock again. She's and amazing. The kids wondered why. You know, mm-hmm. she was over there and I said, she just needs a little break mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, to relax because mm-hmm. you know how you're wiggly. You're having a little hard time sitting still. So mm-hmm. does she, mm-hmm. you know, so. No, it was, it was a really special day. It was fun. And, you know, and we talked to you about how in the industry and clearly you're doing this for a purpose. You have a population of learners who need this type of educational right. support going a step further. There were a lot of children there yesterday who were probably, and I don't know if I'm using the right term, but more mainstream. And yet yeah. it it introduces them to horses. Yes. You know, we are trying to, it's different now. Kids play athletics all year round. They play volleyball all year round. It, we don't have the seasons like we used to. Right. And providing an opportunity for these kids to have that hand-on connection with a horse at that young age perhaps is going to build future equestrians Mm -hmm. and at the very least have an empathy or a connection to a horse at that point in their lives. Right. That's yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah. It will, with certain of them. I mean, I developed my love for horses out of a book. Yeah. Clip clop. When Mm -hmm. I was first learning to read, I think I was in first grade Mm -hmm. and all I wanted after that moment was a horse. Yeah. And it never went away. No. And it hasn't yet. No. And I don't think it's going to. My husband told me the other day, I kind of thought this would be over by now. And I, was, <laughs> I laughed. No, you have a whole new adventure. <laughs> no, I have a whole new adventure. adventure. Yeah. yeah. And he wasn't maybe, yeah, you saw him yesterday. Yeah. He worked like a fiend. Oh, yeah. Um, Great guy. Yeah. Yeah. He just said, I just kind of thought, you know, you'd 
grow out of it. <laughs> yeah, not. No, no. Horse people, true horse people do not ever grow out of it. They never do. Never do. Some of us start a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us play with little children yes. and ponies. Yes. So it's... Okay. Looking forward five years from now, as we wrap this episode up, where if you could say in five years from now, this is exactly where I want to be with this program. Do you have an idea where you want to go with this? I would like this community, this tri-county area needs a center of its own. Mm -hmm. I would love to have an indoor arena Mm -hmm. to be able to teach there, bring in other instructors, because it won't be sustainable if I have to stop for whatever reason, if if I'm not here. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see a lot more volunteers. I, I have one solid volunteer right now. I think I'm getting another one. But again, I could teach many more children many more hours a day. I would like to not be working part-time at another job Mm -hmm. just so I could devote my time to this. So in five years, I'd love to have an indoor arena at my house of whatever kind. It wouldn't need to be big and have volunteers and possibly another one or two up-and-coming instructors and, yeah, grow the program. Grow the program. It would be primarily for me, it would be the equine assisted learning because I Mm -hmm. think that's what we need the most in this area. But there's very few places you can go, and the ones that you can go to have waiting lists a mile mm. long. So there is a need. There's a there's big a huge need. need in this area. I mean, people have asked me all the time because, mm. well, Loveway in Indiana, very good center, an hour away, a little mm. more than an hour. Mm-hmm. Chef Center, an hour and a really bad drive because I drove it once or twice a week for two years. There's no direct it's, way to get there. No, it's back roads with ravines mm-hmm. in Michigan. It's a nightmare. Worth it. It was worth it for me, but it was a nightmare. So we need a center. I would love to have an actual, my place is called a center because that's what they call them. Mm -hmm. But if I had an indoor, I wouldn't need to be as seasonal. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. Yeah, I guess if uh, somebody had a lot of money and could heat it for me. Mm -hmm. That'd be nice. That'd be lovely. Then I could teach all year round. Right. And what's your center called officially? Windswept Therapeutic Riding. Perfect. On that, Sharon, thank you for being with us. We wish you all the best congratulations on this new venture and we're rooting for you. Thank you very much. It's great to be here. So that's our story this week. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to spending more time with you and sharing stories of our industry. See you next week.